Hello and welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name is DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. Now, I currently work for Motorola. However, this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't either. So, let's take a look at today's topic. This is my first podcast of 2022, so welcome to 2022. And I was actually thinking about this topic uh, over over the holidays. Took a little break, get fresh for 2022, and it popped in my head agency morale. Well, agency morale is dictated by attitude. I'm going to leave it right there for a minute because it's like, well, whose attitude? What attitude? Good attitude? Bad attitude? What kind of attitude? But agency morale is dictated by attitude. So cops are leaving, right? I I looked at some of the average stats uh, just this morning. Uh, Most most cops right now are uh, leaving with less than five years. Um, of those, many are less than two years on the road, and then they find something else to do. That could be a number of things. That could be a, ooh, this is not the job I thought it was. Oh, you mean it's not like NYPD Blue? Uh, where's my Lamborghini that I get to drive undercover? Where's, uh, it's just the reality is not there. I'm not going to talk about that heavily today got a whole nother podcast about that coming up. Yes, be, be listening for that one. Today, I want to talk a little more mm, pointed about agency morale and how that can help and or hurt. So beyond the reasons officers are leaving, like it's not the job I thought it was, the social pressure is too much, the pay is bad. Uh, I mean, we could list all of those. I was thinking beyond that, under that, those who perhaps have been there for a while or maybe not, what's the environment like? What kind of environment are we creating? Now, while I'm talking to everybody in this particular podcast, I I will be focusing on those who uh, are making the decisions. What kind of environment are you laying out? I'm going to say some things that, boy, uh, this one's going to be a little bit hot. Okay, and and it's it's not out of anger; it's out of love, and and what I mean though is, what kind of environment are you creating, decision maker? I'm gonna kind of leave it at that. I mean, it could be anything from a corporal on up, right? Depending on your department size of the department, but I'm gonna go over say five points here. Uh, I'll go over the points: lack of respect and appreciation. We'll go over that one. Ethics, micromanagement, opportunity, and continuity of leadership. Leave that one toward the end. Have some stats that might surprise you. So let's talk about lack of respect and appreciation. So as as a new officer coming in, okay, uh, those of us who've been in the business, we know how this is. Okay, for the most part. 
depending on the size of your agency, you're either an unknown, uh, you know, terms like slick sleeve, which I myself have used, not in a derogatory manner, but just in a quick manner. Slick sleeve means there's nothing, there's nothing sewn on their sleeves. They are a first line officer, right? No stripes, no bars, nothing. But those slick sleeves, if you will, those new officers can be seen as, oh, you over there. Oh, you come here. I mean, we've all been on that scene, right? And granted, there are certain things that they're not ready to do. They will be tasked to stand at the front door of, 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 a, of a homicide scene and, and make sure nobody goes in. Okay, that, that's a fine job. But it's a necessary job. It's a job that, if not done properly, can ruin the entire case because you're letting people in who can't be in. I, I even remember when I was a slick sleeve, I was standing at the door of one of those. And um, a, a, a very high-ranking official of my department came up and went to walk past me. Well, my listen, my, my job was don't let anybody in. And I went, hold, hold on, sir. Well, I'm the such and such. Listen, I, I can't let anybody in. Now, you, I, I can go wherever I want to go. Said, That's fine, sir. Uh, okay. Uh, I have this list here. Anybody who goes in, I have to write their name down on the list with the time and the date they went in. He looked at me and he goes, yeah, no, I'm good. And he left. And, and it was one of those where I felt like I had to do my job. Um, was I looked on highly for that? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but I had to do the job. Right? Um, didn't feel that there was a lot of respect there because the, the tenants of the job, the rules of the job are well known. I was following the rules of the job. Now, was that person trying to thwart or no, I don't believe so. I just wanted to go in and, and make sure everything was going right. But at the same time, I, as the slick sleeve, I'm going to follow the rules and regulations and make sure I'm doing my job right too. I don't want this thing to fall apart because I screwed up. But what is the lack, what is the level rather of respect and appreciation for those who are doing those jobs? A lot of these are going to be a bit of a rhetorical question. A lot of these are going to be introspective questions. When's the last time you showed up at a scene and knew the name of the officer that was doing that frontline job? Now, I realize. Work with big agencies. LAPD and my... I work with big agencies, okay? I get it. Is it possible to know everybody? No. No. Not in an agency that size. But is it possible to be appreciative of everybody? Introduce yourself. You go, well, they know who I am. <laughs> I know they know who you are, but it's polite. How long you been here? Nice. Thanks. Thanks for doing it. When you're out, do it. It That little bitty piece makes a big difference in that officer feeling respected, feeling like one of the team. Uh, um, again, I remember years and years and years ago, going back to rookie, working that night shift, right? That graveyard shift. And our chief and one of our captains would just show up 2, 3 a.m. Not mad, not angry, not because something happened, but because they wanted to ride along. 
They wanted to sit. They wanted to talk. They wanted to see if everything was going all right. The captain used to buy us dinner. That was very nice. But that was important to us on the night shift. It didn't have to stay long. But it was like, hey, we exist. We don't work that nine to five. But we exist and we're important and they want to know what we need and they want to know. They'd ask us, is that gun belt working well for you? Is it comfortable? What about these new uniforms? You like these things? I mean, it was great. It was impactful to us. But does it happen? Well, the chief's very busy. The captain's very busy. I know they're busy. I know they are. But a quick visit, a quick speech, a a ride along, a uh, yeah, it means the world. It, it lets people know that they are part of something, that they're valued. If people don't think they're valued, and, and this, is, this is universal, if people don't think they're valued in a job, okay, they're not going to be in that job very long. And frankly, with outside talking heads, media, just Google it, folks, you'll find it. There's not a lot of feeling valued in the community by officers anymore. So can they please feel valued in their community, in in, in their police officer community, in their station house, in their department? They need to be valued. Ethics. Touchy subject, but I'm going to go there. I've said on and on and on before and before, that non-ethical bad cops need to go. I have a podcast, uh, it was last year sometime, called There Are Bad Cops, But Not All Cops Are Bad. In which I said, hey, there's, there's bad doctors. There's fake doctors. There's, there's fake teachers. Literally people who are teachers, Google this one, you'll find it. People who have been teachers, even, even teachers of the year who come to find out whatever teachers. Okay. That's bad. That's bad. So, but not all teachers are bad. Not at all. Not all doctors are bad. Of course not. We can't lump, but I will dive into this ethics thing for a minute. Again, a a rookie officer seeing something. Okay. What happens when they perceive See, or it's spoken. Things are spoken about. Well, we could just do it this way, or we can just do that, or or we don't have to do that. We can skip that, or oh, that's not. What happens to ingrain in the culture when that's accepted, and when that's accepted by ranking officials? Agency morale. Where's that? I mean, very few of us got into the job to pin a badge on, sit in a car, and wait for a call. Woohoo! Can't wait. Somebody give me a call. No, we did a job to pin the badge on and go get the bad people, right? <laughs> I mean, we did. Un- unless you had a uh, a relative in law enforcement, a very close relative who told you the straight skinny on what it was, you got into it because. Well, it's what you thought it was, whatever that may be. You're right, you were wrong, you were surprised, you weren't. But nonetheless, you got into it to do the right thing. 
for the most part. So what happens when the right thing is not done? I mean, I, I, I read an article. I actually knew this department. This was probably, I don't know, eight years ago now. Um, where uh, a chief of police got caught in his own, uh, let's say, vice sting. Insult to injury, he had just signed the approval for the vice sting at a certain hotel of uh, ill repute and then showed up as the bad guy. Okay, what's that do to the department? What's that do to the morale of the people? Now, he got caught, got prosecuted, got fired, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But what if they don't? What if things are swept under? What if things are just, oh, yeah, we'll just take care of that. Or worse, what if certain things are swept under for certain people, but not so much for the ones that are lesser known? Going back to my lack of respect. It's not common. I, I, don't, want, I, I don't want anybody walking away from this podcast going, geez, these guys are breaking rules all the time. No, it's not common, but it happens. And when it happens... Hopefully it never happens in your department. Hopefully you never experience it. But when it happens, it breaks down the morale. It breaks it down. This one kind of blends a little bit into one of my next points. But as far as ethics go, let me just make a note here. Commanders and higher-ups, when you are looking to promote, and I hope you have a promotion process, a test, uh, written, uh, verbal, physical, whatever it is. I hope you have a test, not, not a pencil whip, an easy test, a test. But it's important for you to know because you were in that position at some point. It's important for you to know that everybody knows what everybody made on the test. <laughs> it's not a secret. Why? We were in the room together. For the most part. And we talk. We talk afterward. If somebody that we know for a fact did not do well on that test, gets the promotion above those who did do well, that's not ethical. And it destroys agency morale. No matter how much you like that person, no matter how much your mama's, daddy's, grandfather's, brother's, sister, whatever, if you want to create a problem with agency morale, do that. Hand pick. Cherry pick. Don't look at those you don't know. See, that's not the way to do it. I would suggest that all of that is removed. Yeah, yeah, I'm throwing it out here. I would suggest that an outside agency, and there are outside groups that do this, you bring that agency in for this outside independent testing, and they score and rank. They give you the top five, then you go from there. But now keep in mind, you could easily slide into, well, they're not on the top five, they're on seven. Uh, let's make it the top seven. Ethics, ethics, ethics. As police officers, if we're not ethical, we are nothing. We should quit. We swore an oath 
an oath of ethics. Think about your ethics. If you've got somebody you think would be a great sergeant, but they just can't pass the test, then offer everybody study assistance. Offer everybody classes in management. Certifications, perhaps. There are plenty of police management classes. Plenty. Offer them that. See if that can help. But he can't offer one. Offer to all. And maybe they get it. And you know what? Maybe they don't. I've had a lot of friends through my law enforcement career that never never attained anything higher than, than patrol. Many just wanted that. That's great. Patrol is the heart of your department, is the face of our department. But some just never quite got it. Some never got on the SWAT team and really wanted to. And I was on the team and I was one of the people making the, the vote. But if they couldn't get it, they couldn't get it. Work with them, remedial, help them out, sure. But if you can't get it, you can't get it. It's just not for you. It all comes down to ethics, really. Micromanagement, number three. We've all had that sergeant. We've all had that uh, corporal <laughs> uh, or lieutenant or, or on and on and on that just micromanages. Now, let me make a definition of micromanagement. I, I, I have nothing in front of me to give you this definition. Those of you who know me know I don't write these things ahead of time. This needs to be a conversation, not a speech. Micromanagement is not reading your report and, and having you correct the grammar or having you correct the punctuation or uh, knowing that you left something out, like, oh, you missed something, go back and do it. That's not micromanagement. That's good management. Because the report is the root of the tree that will grow the case. That's important. Micromanagement is, hey, what uh, would you say to that, that call? Oh, it was a barking dog, sir. The dog ran away. We couldn't. Da, 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 da. Uh, well, now, now, exactly what did you sign? Well, I, I simply said it was an animal control issue, and, and uh, we would send a note to animal control to see if they could find the dog, but they found it. The call back. Now, now hold on now. Now what you should have said was that, listen, if your officers are acting in good faith, in good ethics, within the bounds and structure of what you've taught them, they don't have to use your exact verbiage and script. That's micromanagement. If you read, if you're a detectives commander and you're reading the detectives report, and it's, it's a good report, but maybe you would have worded something a little differently that's not really important to the case. But that's not how you would have worded it. You would have this, or, or I, you know what? I'd structure this in, in Arial font uh, 16, double-spaced. Okay, look, stop. Let them do the job. Micromanagement just breaks down that morale. They don't want to work for you anymore. You become that guy. That guy. That commander. Don't work for them, man. It, second guessing is also a form of micromanagement. Um, decisions have to be made in a split second many times. L less than a split. I don't know what less than a split second is, but y those of you who have been in the position, you know. 
Boom. Decision. Now. Go. We make the best decision we know to make. Now, if your decision broke policy, law, civil rights, oh yeah, yeah, you're in trouble. But if your decision didn't, and it didn't get anybody hurt, and it didn't have a, uh, a, a, a bad outcome on the case, or something like that, but, you know, your, your Sarge would have done it a little differently. Now, there, there's a bring you aside, talk you about it, and go, you know what? That's cool. And you know, next time, that, I totally agree with what you did there. Uh, next time, try this. That's not micromanagement. That's good management. Micromanagement is, you know, I, I'm just going to have to put some paperwork on that because, uh, you know, you, you didn't put your, your uh, Oxford comma in your report. And okay, look, just back up a step. Back up a step. Define, understand the difference between management and micromanagement. Management builds your people up. Management makes better people. Management should be, and I'm talking whatever your structure is, the first stripe all the way up to the full scrambled eggs on the hat, okay? The whole nine yards. It should be built and constructed to build and construct better officers so that they can one day take your place. You will not be in that position forever. You won't. So somebody's got to come behind you. For the love of your department, create those who can do a good job. That's good management. Micromanagement gets to the point where they don't even want to talk to you anymore because it seems like everything you do is wrong. And, and, and what you ta- say to them is not constructive. It is breakdown. It is not better suggestions or, or, Hey, try this next time or Hey, good job. But make, okay. It's not that it's how many times I've talked to you about these reports. I want them double spaced. And, and that paper, I want watermarked paper because uh, that pink paper you use with the scent on it is bothersome to me. And Okay, whatever. Just chill out a bit. Officers have enough stress as it is. Okay? Especially for those of you who have not sat in a beat car for quite a while. Who have not maybe engaged with the angry public or the non-angry public or the injured person or the God knows what we're getting called to. If you haven't engaged with those in, in quite a while, go back, remember what it was like. There's a lot of stress. They don't need any from you. Any unnecessary. Now you got a ding dong on your department that is truly screwing up. And, and to the point of, uh, you know, violating policy, legal problems, hurting somebody, getting somebody hurt. Okay, y- you do what you need to do. Okay, going back to we got to get the bad ones out. Uh, but keep in mind, good ones make mistakes. Mistakes are correctable for the most part. But micromanagement is not the answer for that. Opportunity. Now, I said in the ethics one, that would be, I uh, have a little crossover. So I'll just start with that one again. Uh, you know, don't, what I just said about promotion. 
nobody again got the job in policing to pin on that silver badge. Not the gold badge. You don't have the gold badge yet. You have silver badge. It says officer, police officer, patrol, however you put it. Nobody got the job to pin that on to be like, I'm good. Or at least nobody I've ever met. You want to be valued. You want to move up. Now, you, not everybody wants to be chief. Uh, you, you know, th- that's not a job for everybody. But, yeah, you know, Sarge would be nice, right? One day I'd like to be Sarge. One day I'd like to be this. One day I'd like to be that. The, the average, okay, just so you guys know that, that aren't in policing, the average time an officer must be an officer before putting in for a, uh, a position other than officer, something like a detective or a sergeant or uh, whatever you have there, is two years. Two years. Um, now that can change, but that, that's an average two years. Now, I, I looked at some stats this morning. And the average time for somebody to actually get a promotion is 10. And, and by the way, that's the average throughout large and small departments. Larger departments can be much, much longer and maybe never. Smaller departments can be quicker. But the average is 10. So those of you who aren't in law enforcement, think about it for a minute. If, if you started your job, let's say... My uncle Bob, shout out to my uncle Bob. He worked at a um at 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 Faultless, I think it was Faultless Starch Factory in Kansas City for forever. Um for long I've ever known him. Just retired a few years ago. You know, he started as right out, right out of high school, I think, just grunt, right? He was doing the job. And when he got done, he he was he was leading the place. And that's that's reward of good leadership, understanding the leadership within. But people want opportunity, opportunity to change shifts maybe, opportunity to go to what they call a better shift. And by the way, better shift for them might be nights. But they want that opportunity. Are you giving the opportunity? Do they have the opportunity? Are they the forgotten few, the nameless rabble of slick sleeves? Squeaky wheel gets the grease. So is the one that's touting themselves constantly, the one that is getting the promotion? Mm, there's a whole other podcast within itself. It's not always the right person. Loud doesn't always equate right. Boisterous does not always equate right. I learned so much from some of the folks that were there way before I was. Um, and I, I noticed that most of them were quiet, calm, um, a bit reserved maybe. Now, they could turn it on when they needed to. They'd be right there with you. But they were the quiet ones. And I and I would talk to them. And they, they, they gave me so much introspective information about neighborhoods and and people and families and how to deal with folks. The loud and boisterous ones, not always. Sometimes, but not always. So is there equal opportunity at your department? I mean, <laughs> my first sergeant's test was a VCR tape. Ooh, that'll date me. A VCR tape. Uh, and it was from the 70s. No joke. Uh, early 70s. 
And it was the same tape they'd watched for God knows when. And it and everybody'd seen the same tape so many times, everybody knew the answer every time. Same test, easy as pie. And then it comes down to, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, it, you know, it's fine. One of the things I, I really don't like to hear from management when I talk to them is, I go, curious, why why did that person get the position? Why were they the best? Oh, it was just time for them to get something. If your answer is it was time for them to get something, you got a messed up department. I'm sorry. The answer should be, well, they were the right person for the job. They earned it. They they tested this way, or they've worked this hard, or they they've they've studied it this, they took this certification, they they got it on merit. Not, eh, it's time for you to get something. Lord of mercy, that's a whole nother podcast. Can you imagine time for you to get something? Wow. Not necessarily the right person for the job, not necessarily studied for the job, not necessarily prepared for the job, not necessarily ready for the job. Just, you know what? Uh, it's your turn. What, are you playing kickball in the schoolyard? And who's next? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was the last kid to get picked, so let's make him the chief. (sighs) Merit. Opportunity for all. Equal opportunity for all. That's probably the biggest... I, I will take a second on this one. That's probably the biggest morale breaker. You're in a department, and you've heard... You've all heard the term. It's the good old boy system. Now, sometimes that's not true. Sometimes that's just used as somebody who, I mean, we've all had those folks. <laughs> Here's an aside for you. We've all had those folks. I was just talking to this with a, with an officer the other day. We've all had those people that, you know, they, they drive around the block a couple times before, you know, they arrive to make sure another officer's there first. So the other officer that arrived first has to do the report. We know those officers. Okay. They just, they cruise along, they do their job, but they do nothing extra until a sergeant's position, for, let's say, comes open. All of a sudden, they are super cop. They are making arrests. They are writing tickets. They are out there. They're, they're the first on the scene. They're just, boy. And then they don't get the sergeants, and now they're gone again. But don't worry. They'll be back when there's another opening. Okay? That's not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who, who work consistently throughout the year. Their work does not waver. Their work is not based on, oh, I want a pat on the back. Oh, I want a piece of paperwork. Oh, I want a commendation. Oh, I want... No, 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 no. Valor. Forced valor should not be why we promote. We should promote on the right people. And, and that's why I say there are outside agencies who will come in and they will they will work with you uh, on your policies and procedures and what you're looking for, and they will actually do the testing. It's a great way to start to break down that good old boy system. Oh, they go four wheeling each other. Oh, oh, they go camping, and he made sergeant. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> I mean, true or not, the talk hurts. So what would be the best way for you to step back and give as much opportunity 
and stay away from as much of the appearance of, you know, rubbing elbows and therefore getting the sergeant position or whatever position. Opportunity for all. The last one is continuity of leadership. I'll wrap it up after this. This this one's rough. This one's rough. Um, you know, I live in the metro Atlanta area. And it seems like every time you turn around, there's new chiefs everywhere. Um, got a friend of mine I worked with in SWAT. Um, I, I, I think I've been trying to, we trying to follow him. Uh, he's been moving around, uh, getting opportunities at departments and state agencies and things like that. But he's had his like fourth or fifth leadership job in the last, I don't know, 10 years at different departments. Good for him, I guess. Cause he's going, I mean, he's doing what he wants to do. That's great. But continuity of leadership is very important. Think about your own job. How often do your leaders change? How often do they shuffle? I mean, I work in a corporate environment now. It's quite often to, to be honest with you. And, and you get used to it in corporate environment, just going, oh, okay. So I call that person now. All right. Well, move on, move on, move on. And not a lot typically changes in that it, it, with goals. But in a department, it can be different. I've seen firsthand good, good things going on at a department. You know, a newly stood up analysis division or something like that. And, and, and the outgoing chief, uh, you know, wasn't seen in a high manner. The new coming chief came in or sheriff elections. Well, don't get me on that. That's a whole nother podcast I might do this this year too, on my thought on should legal people, people with legal authority be just voted in nonetheless. But when we're, when we're, when we're talking about leadership, when somebody comes in and says, you know what? Everything they've done is wrong. Get rid of it all. I've seen it. And there was no evaluation of that program or project. It was just, we don't do that anymore. Why? Because Chief Smith did it. And by God, we're not doing that. It's not, that's not the way to do it. Morale is destroyed at that point. Maybe it's the right decision. But maybe you should get in there and figure that out first. Maybe your first act should not be to come in and... I mean, we, we have sheriff here in the metro Atlanta area. His first act upon being elected was to come in and fire all, nearly all of the command staff from the previous sheriff. Like day one, bye. What? They were all bad? None of them fit what you did? I've spoken to, to deputies at that department, and that was a huge morale punch. Huge morale punch. Some of them now said, well, uh, yeah, that guy probably needed to go. But him, no, he was good. And, and she, uh, she, was, she was really helpful, and, but she was gone. The, the average right now time for a chief in the United States, this surprised me, but I, I, I got this straight off, you know, uh, a, a number of sources. I always double check uh, between you know, or say an ICP and police one. I, 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 I switch around a lot. 
But the average time is less than five years. Less than five years as a chief. Now, many uh, are different. Uh, my chief here, here in my town, I uh, live east of Atlanta. Um, he's been chief, I don't know, 15 plus, 16 plus, 18 plus years, whatever it is. The only department he's ever been with. Continuity is solid. Um, but sheriffs, I mean, elected every few years, depending on your state legislature, right? Could be a different one every four years with, with different goals and different reasons they're there. And frankly, different understanding of the job. Morale is difficult to hold that way. Continuity of leadership. Now, let's say this. Well, you know, they were retiring. I saw a lot of that. They were retiring. Um, and so they, they, they're going to go. There'll be a new leader in. But going back to the first one, what kind of job did that retiring leader do to build up those under them so that when they left, the good work could continue on seamlessly? See, that's why I left it last. That's really the crux of it, isn't it? Cultivating a, a, an environment in your department that, off, that is ethical, that uh, offers good management skills, uh, teaches good management skills, uh, offers opportunity uh, and respect for all, will fill the gap if you have a gap in continuity of leadership, you shouldn't be worried if those other things are done because when that leadership retires or, or leaves or whatever, the next person steps up and because they were cultivated in the proper manner, the ship sails on. But when we have a breakdown anywhere in there, anywhere in there, and that person who, uh, well, let's say... Uh, Okay, let, 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 let's say in order to be um, a captain at your department, you have to have uh, a, a degree. Maybe not an advanced degree, but you have to have a, a college degree, okay? And let's say that, 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 that somebody gets the job who doesn't have a degree. But he promises that, that he'll get one after he gets the job. Now, the problem is, in this situation, let's say that that, that other people were turned down for lesser positions because they didn't have a degree. Now, this person just made captain without one with promise that we'd get one. Now, let's just say then that that never happened and, and nobody saw anything. Then next thing you know, he, next step, now uh, a major or uh, assistant chief, police, police chief, whatever. Eventually gets the degree let me tell you what's going to happen. Those that are in the trenches that are getting their degrees because they want that higher stuff, the very second that they see that somebody attained a rank way higher than them without that supposedly necessary degree or certification or years on the job or whatever it is, then those below will stop. 
And you break the continuity of leadership. You break that morale. And when you break that morale, you break that chain, then as those links move up or out or down if they get in trouble, but as those links move, you're eventually going to come to one of those broken links. And that broken link will cultivate brokenness throughout the rest of the department. Leaders, police leaders, it's up to you. Agency morale is dictated by attitude. Whose? Yours? Your subordinates? Your citizens? Your city leadership? Your county leadership? It is dictated by attitude. What is your attitude every day? What is your work attitude every day? If it's poisonous, you are poisoning your own well that you drink from. All right. Well, that was heavy. Got on a rant there. 2022 kicked off. Anyway, <laughs> I do have, however, some uh, what I think are absolutely great. Uh, crazy but true police blotter stories. Let's go to that. Let's start in Washington. I love Washington, especially Vancouver. A burglar ran into some trouble, ended up calling 911 when he couldn't find his way out of... This is so fantastic. Matter of fact, if I owned this business, I would put this on billboards. He broke into the NW Escape Experience, which I'm assuming is Northwest Escape Experience. That's right. An escape room business. You know those that you go in, you have puzzles and try to get out. Well, he broke in, couldn't get out. <laughs> he ended up calling 911 uh, because he couldn't get out. Uh, in the meantime, though, he did make his way out after stealing a beer and, and things like that. Uh, he made his way out but didn't get far. It was in a strip mall, and the deputies found him lurking around the strip mall. I am telling you, Northwest Escape Experience, if for some reason you're listening or anybody who knows them is listening, I see the billboard now. NW Escape Experience. Criminals can't even get out. I mean, it's fantastic. Okay, let's go to uh, Los Angeles. Three home invasion suspects were arrested after one of the men... <laughs> let, me, let, let me skip one. So three men entered the uh, uh, home and demanded cash from a woman who was in the house with her baby. Horrible. 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 Uh, the woman had called 911 before the masked men entered the home because she they were approaching, lurking. She calls 911. Uh, so uh, LAPD responds. Knocks on the door. Yeah, one of the suspects, apparently thinking it was another accomplice, opened the door. He then slammed the door in the officer's face and attempted to flee, but were arrested following a manhunt. By the way, don't do this in L.A. They've got more helicopters you can shake a stick at, and they are excellent pilots. Back to Washington for a minute. Bellingham, Washington. A man wrapped a baggie of marijuana around an arrow and fired it into the recreation area of the Whatcom County Jail, <laughs> according to the sheriff's office. Identified as David Wayne Jordan, 36, old enough to know better, claimed he had been aiming at a squirrel. Whatcom County Sheriff Bill Elfo, who sounds like a really interesting guy to talk to, his quote was, however, he had no explanation as to why squirrel hunting requires attaching marijuana to an arrow. And last but not least, 
Arkansas. <sighs> Jamie Jeanette Craft, age 29. <laughs> and I'm going to skip down to the back. Some of these, I put the, the punchline at the front, so I'm going to skip. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jamie Jeanette Craft, 29, slammed her 2001 Pontiac Grand Am into a mobile home in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Stop laughing. <laughs> it's not, it's serious. Tore up a perfectly good mobile home and a perfectly good 2001 Pontiac Grand Am. However, uh, by the time Jonesboro police officers caught up with her, she could barely stand. Two officers were needed to perform a breath test, one including to prop her up. Kraft registered a blood alcohol level of 0.217. For those of you who don't know, uh, that's uh, about three times the legal limit of drunk. Not three times the legal limit of sober, three times the legal limit of drunk. In other words, we're talking completely functioning alcoholic. Now, how do I know she's a functioning alcoholic? She was arrested with a public intoxication, refusal to submit, disorderly conduct, leaving the scene of accident, blah, 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 blah. Why do I know this woman is a highly high-functioning alcoholic? Well, besides the fact that she was all wobbly, but conscious and not dead, with a blood alcohol level of 0.217. See, after crashing into the home, I forgot to tell you something. She had totaled her car. She did not have a driver's license. All kinds of stuff. She found on the property one of those little Power Wheels trucks. You know, a little battery-operated Power Wheel? She got in that, dressed in a white sweatshirt and nothing else, and proceeded to leave the scene of the accident in a Power Wheels. <laughs> I looked long and hard for a picture. Um, some type of body cam footage. There wasn't any. Well, there is, but it's not published, obviously. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Good time today. You know, as we go along this journey together especially this particular episode, I may say some things you don't agree with. Or maybe you do agree with me and have a topic you'd like me to cover. We had quite a few of those last year. Keep them coming. Or maybe you have a funny police story you'd like to share with me. I encourage you to email me at offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com. To give me your thoughts and ideas, check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore offthebeat. Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe.